At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And this week we are uh, doing episode 19 of Glee, Dream On, premiered May 18th, 2010, and had 11.6 million viewers. So quite, quite a few. Uh, Let's see, just a little background to give you guys an idea of what we're going on here. Uh, let's see, Will Schuster's former high school nemesis, Brian Ryan, causes trouble for the Glee Club by trying to figure out which programs to cut out of the school's arts department and has his eyes set on the Glee Club. Meanwhile, Artie makes the decision he will never achieve his dream to dance for his inability in to walk, despite Tina's attempts to give him hope that he will regain functionality of his legs one day. With Jesse St. James's help, Rachel undergoes further attempts to find out who her biological mother is. Just FYI, this was directed by Joss Whedon and written by Brad Falchuk. <laughs> so basically, there's a lot going on in this episode. And I don't just mean like the episode itself, which had a lot going on, but also we've got Neil Patrick Harris, we've got Joss Whedon, we've got things happening. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon, yeah. It's just, it was. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. This was this was a lot of episode for sure, especially because it starts out where you think it's it's just going to be a vehicle for Neil Patrick Harris to like sing and dance, and that's not. I feel like maybe they started. I don't know. Maybe I'm too of two minds. I either feel like they started writing this episode with Neil Patrick Harris going, "What can we have him do? Hooray!" Or this was like the only time they could get him to film. So they had to shoehorn his piece into it as well amongst all this other stuff that was happening. Could be. I mean, I just, I just quickly pulled, pulled my notes back up. Also, let's not forget Jonathan Groff is, is in it. So, oh, yeah. and, and, and Adina. So, it's a lot. And it's, it's a lot. Yeah. There's, um, this was hey, an episode that felt like it was more about the guest stars than the actual, like, characters, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that right there, if nothing else, says a lot and about, about Ryan Murphy's style. Um, that guest stars being, and, and I feel like we, we had this with Kristen Chenoweth as well, um, it's all about the gimmicks as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, the, the immediate, oh, what... What can I do to immediately grab attention versus how do I build the audience for attention? And right. um, it, it, drives, it drives me nuts because I feel like Neil Patrick Harris, um, 
Tristan Chenoweth, later Matt Bomer. There's so much that, like, you can do with these people. Now, maybe they now, maybe, you know, they don't want to be involved a lot. <laughs> that's that's something, uh, you know, okay. But, like, it, I feel like they're, they're wasted with their characters. Yeah. And yeah. while I do think the show should focus on the kids, I still get, like, watching this and watching Neil Patrick Harris in this role just it frustrates me because I'm like there's so much more we could have done with this character and this is what we went with this is this was the best we got or was this just what you what he was willing to do they're they're wasted yeah it's like they're wasted and then at the same time they're also overused so like Mm -hmm. this episode Mm -hmm. became about Will again because it's about another adult and it's about another adult who's exactly like him who's chasing after their high school dream so it's instead of ryan ryan coming in and you know they do it a little more with cooper where his focus is more about the kids and the glee club and himself uh ryan ryan is there to highlight will not so much the glee club which we always find frustrating yeah also i'm just gonna say it I'm just going to say, I don't really like Neil Patrick Harris that much. Just going to put that out there. Bold stance. Just going to take, uh, I'm going to say it now and say it proud. I mean, I, 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 I don't mind him, though. I do feel like none of these guest stars really have a chance to make a lot of impact when they, like, cram so many of them into one episode. Yes, that's true. So, like, even if they were going to, like, find a way to tie like his story and wills in together like i don't care i'm too busy looking at the other like shiny things and big names you've got mm-hmm. yeah you've given me a lot to look at how am i supposed to pick i am um, i'm sure both you guys and our our uh frequent listeners are, are probably well aware that this was my favorite episode <laughs> uh, that we've seen because sure. again, it focuses on Will and talking yeah. about man babies and focusing on on reliving high school dreams and <sighs> yeah, it's all those never, things that we love. Yeah, we've never had that storyline with Will before. Like we've yeah, never I had know. a former classmate come back and highlight his dissatisfaction with his career. That is a completely new storyline. Totally new. One. Making him rethink you know, where he's supposed to be and that he wanted to be like the biggest, best man on campus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not a thing we've had at all. It's really new and innovative and I'm really impressed. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's a difference between consistent characterization and redoing storylines. And I don't always know that Ryan, or I guess this was written by Brad, so, or just, you know, any of them. I don't know if many of them are aware of that. It's that that thing where, like, what does the moral and conclusion of each episode mean if, like, five episodes later, Will is in the exact same spot, Mm -hmm, having the exact same internal battle? Like, it makes it really obvious that the guest characters before didn't really resonate because he's already forgotten the conversations they had. Yeah. Yeah. This lesson was not learned. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that. It's like that fic that you read that's. 200,000 words and you're really excited and they get together in like the first 30,000 words and you're like ah. <laughs> now you're like I know what's going to happen here 
And then the rest is like, it ends up just being like literally communication error after communication error and break up, get together, break up, get together. Actually, that was legitimately the Glee story. I mean, with like multiple couples. So I didn't even need to say thick. That's just how they did it. So. Well, yeah. And, you know, we'll probably get into that in the later seasons, but that's how they create drama with all of the couples is someone cheats, they break up, they get back together again. And it's I have, that. I have very. I have very strong opinions on that and I'm going to hold off on my rant until yeah. we get to, to we'll that get there. later in the season but yes that is that is their modus operandi but yeah Indeed. so needless, needless to say they they've got a, like we said there's a lot going on here um let's I guess let's jump in with the, the storyline I can't wait to talk about let's get it over with okay will will and and you know Brian Ryan and all of the all of the fun man babiness of them re rehashing their um their high school their high school the bullshit. word I want here is, yeah high school bullshit works I couldn't come up with the word I wanted but yeah let's go with that one yeah so yeah we've said we've said you know kind of a waste of using Neil Patrick Harris here um, just because he gets lost, but uh, do do you think this particular uh, rivalry, that was the word I wanted before, rivalry, mm-hmm. do you think this particular rivalry uh, enhances Will's, Will's, you know, characterization? Does it do anything? Do we, do we come out of this storyline going, wow, this totally added something, a new dimension to Will that we were not aware of? Go. No. No, that's <laughs> no, it doesn't. not. Well, okay, then we're moving on. Next, next story. Because <laughs> we already yeah, did it. We, uh, we talked about this in another episode. Like, we already yeah. saw that he feels like he missed out on his big shot. And we potentially thought we worked through this. And we didn't. And it's back again. So I guess what we learned about Will Schuster is he can't let things go. And unlike Glee the show, we actually don't like repeating ourselves every three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just go clip the conversation from the last one and just like insert it here and it would yeah. <laughs> result in the same thing. I'll just edit it in post and just yeah. put it all in. <laughs> That'd be, I, yeah, I want a, I want a compilation uh, podcast of us saying the <laughs> same thing over and over again. Like just every episode. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> all, all together. All like, together. Here, here were all of our thoughts from season one on Will Schuster. Yeah, Here's that podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that's going to be our super cut of us saying, yeah. fuck Will Schuster. <laughs> um, all right. So clearly not, not happy about this. I'm also going to say, I know it comes up later, but I never, I, I'm just, it stands that Glee cannot do Piano Man to any sort of like it doesn't give it any sort of you know um recognition or gravitas or doing it the way it deserves in any yeah. way and talk about i will always be yeah talk about them repeating themselves because i had actually forgotten that they did piano man twice yeah i forgot they had until we watched it i know and then i would no, i'm still angry partly <laughs> because will's still singing it and the next one i get i at least get blaine singing it but it's completely wrong yeah, it's so all wrong. I'm just I'm just super angry that that no matter how many times they do it, 
Glee cannot cover Piano Man. They just yeah, don't. Not only, not only are they wrong, they're wrong twice. <laughs> exactly. Which is actually a low number for them. Normally they're wrong <laughs> multiple times, but yeah. for this twice. Then uh, we have, um, I'm saving, I'm saving the best for last here, but then we have okay. um, Rachel and Jesse. Um, yeah. This, this whole, whole mess of a storyline. Um, I know we're supposed to not like Jesse and. I know. <laughs> yeah, but. When, I I think when watching it the first time, I didn't like him. I got frustrated with him. But, like, now I just, I'm amused by it, and I find it hilarious. And yeah. I actually, I kind of like it. And to be quite honest, I still say Jesse and Rachel, the ones that belong together, Rachel, you would do the exact same things for, you know, for your chance at being, um, at being, you know, on the one on top and winning. And, in fact, you kind of have. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, no, mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, they, um, I, uh, yeah, I, again, I think we talked about it in one of the episodes. I like Jesse and Rachel, and, uh, you know, there's a different version of this where he doesn't turn into the egg guy, you know, where he, mm-hmm. yeah. where he's, he is a decent human being down, down deep. Um, it's such a weird way to get Rachel to find out who her mother is that it feels second, um, sec- not second string. It feels like something they made up on the spot where suddenly they're like, okay, yeah. we got Jesse. What else can Jesse do before we lose Jonathan Groff to a play? Like, how can we, how can we, how can we give him more? And what they came up with is surprise. Uh, Shelby is Rachel's mom. And she's using Jesse in the most roundabout way to get Rachel to know. Yeah, uh, it's it's it seems weird. It again seems to be. I mean, I I feel like Adina looks enough like Rachel that that was always the like Adina was always yeah, oh, to yeah. also be her to be her mom. Um, now, like you said, now whether the the Jesse being used to to you know be that conduit, right? Yeah, that does that does seem like it's it's another another um, victim of the wheel of plot lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's just like let's throw a dart, let's throw a character dart at a plot line wheel and see what see what comes. And uh, that could be the case. I I do think the the having Jesse well. Jesse's saying he's developing feelings for Rachel. Um, do you take that seriously, or do you, or do you, th- or like, do you think it's because I've seen I've seen stuff online where they they think it's just there was some uh, fan spec about it not being a a something he re- he, he was really um, I guess really feeling or just it was like a I'm trying to come up with the right word I have it written down somewhere. Let's just. Uh, Ignore all this for time. Let's cut this. <laughs> Moving on. I can't find my notes. I don't know where they went. They're with uh, my fucking charger. Meaning, like, did he actually have real human feelings for Rachel, yes. or was it all uh, an act? Yes. Even though he's saying, I, I'm beginning to develop feelings for her, even right. that, that's still being part of the act. I don't know, because I don't know if the writers were leaving it in such a way that they could 
they could pick, you know, if they mm-hmm. were right, if they were purposely making it where either way would feel somewhat organic, right? If they, if there was an episode where Jesse got down on his knees and said, you know, this, I, she's all that at you. And I was, I didn't realize that I would actually fall in love with you. And he really does. Or if he eggs her in the parking lot, but I, I don't know if maybe they just left it in a way that either could have happened depending on what the wheel of possibility spun the next day. And to be fair, either one of those sounds absolutely in character. Granted, one happened, but uh, I can also see the other one happening, too. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked it for him to have had real uh, adult feelings for her because Mm -hmm. I liked them. Mm -hmm. How old was he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be, like, Uh, 16? going to say 24. (laughs) Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds accurate. I'm going to say about 24, maybe 23. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, I can't remember. Is Jesse St. James the one where they're like, oh, we held him back? That, yeah, that's, I, I was trying to figure out if yeah. he was, like, supposed to be, like, decidedly older than her. Because yeah. I do feel like that I liked you, now I'm going to egg you, almost makes sense for the, like, emotional, like, wavelength of a 16-year-old. Right. Um, in which case, I can see it going either way. But if he if he was the plant who, like, they held back on purpose or, like, one of those people, it becomes less and less plausible the older he gets. Yes. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, I'm now Googling, and of course, the wiki has his age at 28, 29, but I, I don't know if that's, like, season six. I, yeah, I think that's supposed to. <laughs> uh, who knows, man? Let's just go. Uh, let's just go with that. Let's just go. 32. But, uh, that's what we're going to go with. All right. So then... Um, Does it li- bother you that Adina Menzel looks so much like Leah Michelle? Because it's bothers me the fact that like what way it bothers me that out of eight billion people on the planet they happen to look that similar i mean it is a little disconcerting it's like they both happen to be singers they both happen to be in a musical theater they both happen to sound similar like I, i just are you trying to start a conspiracy theory that leah michelle actually is adina menzel's daughter I'm not, I'm not I mean, suggesting anything. I'm just saying that there are 8 billion people on the planet and, you know, 12 billion people throughout history. And what a fucking coincidence that these two people. If we're going to do this, you got to come up with a PowerPoint presentation because the last podcast to start Leah rumors went like mad viral. <laughs> yeah. I I'm mean, going to ask, are, are you also are you also suggesting Adina Menzel might not be able to read? I'm just saying that oftentimes when people start out in the business early on, they don't develop the same educational skills. And if Adina were a stage mom who were also an actress, singer, whatever, maybe she didn't have the time to teach her younger daughter how to, how to read. Maybe she was pregnant and had to give the daughter up to somebody when she was really young to to uh, pursue her dreams as an actress. Right. The plot twist is not a documentary. 
the plot twist is that uh, Idina Menzel's name is on the birth certificate. Leah just can't read it. <laughs> uh, she's like, oh, it is. let's see, how old is Adina Menzel? Is this even physically possible? Um, I, I really, I really want Adina to have had to, to be Leo's Michelle's mom and, and had to give her up at like the age of 18. All right. So Adina is 47 and Leah I, says she's 31. So she's lying clearly. Lying. Yeah. So what are we? So we are assuming we're assuming so we're, uh, Leah's what thirty five. I mean, we're we're in business because if Adina is forty seven and Leah says she's thirty one, that means uh, Adina would have been sixteen. That's totally could, doable. And that's not. an age that that's yeah. an age that someone might give up uh, a baby to continue yeah. your pursuit of. Mm-hmm. Uh, stardom, you know, and not make sure that your small child learns to read. Right. So really, that's how this went down. Brian knew that. That's how he got Adina on the show to begin with, and he was just like, "Fuck it, this is. I don't want to make yes. up a storyline. I'm just gonna make your actual life the Glee story." Yes. Hashtag Glee is not a documentary. So I mean, Adina is from Queens. Leah is from the Bronx. I mean, we're it's, you know, just saying. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying. Stating facts. Stating the facts here. Yeah. Open your and eyes, people. Leaving... <laughs> Stating facts, letting chips fall where they may. <laughs> All of those things. Uh, so, with, uh, anyway. on top of on top of all of this, um, I now I now need to um, bring up the best. Thing about this episode we have a whole arty storyline we do and we have arty songs yep we got a whole arty song and we have arty dancing yep i mean we also have arty being a dick but yeah yeah look but i know. i understand like he is a dick but like i can i understand to some degree he's a dick with motivation with motivation i mean i guess i guess i should say like in what in what in what aspect are you are you specifically thinking when you say or when you say he's being he's being a dick i'm referring to his unnecessary unearned outburst at tina when, because um, she was encouraging him encouraging him to to try to do something try to walk yeah, and dance well yeah when he says i'm gonna get up and walk with those um the crutches from the kid with cerebral oh, okay, palsy okay. we've never heard about before. Uh-huh. Um, which sidebar, all of a sudden there's a kid with uh, cerebral palsy in the school, and we didn't meet him during the wheelchair episode, which was all about accessibility in the school. And there's somebody else who has hey. issues. So where was that I'm kid? Say, I'm not going to say that we bring up, you know, characters for the specific use of a particular thing for one episode and then forget them. But there may have been a football player in a recent episode that we talked about yeah. for this particular reason. Who just showed up out of nowhere and like, where did Cerebral Palsy Kid go? He could have just shown up and where been like, yes, it's actually hard for me to get to the stage too. Anyway. Yeah. Fuck that kid. We don't care about him. <laughs> uh, so ending that sidebar. So he's the one who tells Tina, mm. I got these crutches. I'm going to get up and walk. 
And then he falls and says, you pushed me to do this. Like he's a three-year-old. And that just felt, I get his pain. Well, I don't get it because I don't have his disabilities. But like, as in, in a writing perspective, I get the pain and humiliation and embarrassment and frustration and hopelessness and all of those negative emotions. But it didn't feel earned in that moment. It felt like, it felt like an outburst that didn't match the event. It's not like anything was leading up to this. He just decided, I'm going to impress her and walk. And then blames her. Which, I, now I, that I said I, it out I, loud, I, like, maybe that's because he's a boy and boys are dumb and they do that. I was going to say, I, to me, it felt, egos. it felt in character. I thought Tina had was naively uh, optimistic in her, in her, in her pushing for him to do which I think was a both a good thing because I yeah. think as somebody's significant other you should always help um encourage them to to fulfill their dreams and to you know be able to do something no matter what the circumstances are but at the same time I thought that was kind of naively optimistic how much research did you do into various things Tina you did do some these were There's different that. times though right didn't they because I watched it like last week but it wasn't the scene in the uh, choir room where he's got his crutches, doesn't uh-huh. that happen before she looks into the research? I, I believe, if I, because yeah. I watched it last week, yeah, it is. Okay. So, but, but she does do research for it. Yeah, because I, so I'm saying that if, like, if she had, if they had moved that outburst oh, to later. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, so, like, if, if she had done the research and given him this paperwork and kind of started to build up his expectations and then he's like I'm gonna get up and walk but it ha- I, it felt like it happened too soon right if it had happened towards mm-hmm. the end and then he has that the dance moment after the fact I get you okay yeah, yeah. I yeah. can I can understand that I was gonna say the the him him saying what he did I you know basically blaming her I'm I was I want to say I was okay with that just mm-hmm. because I'm like I again do not understand but can see, can see why that frustration makes sense. Um, but I do I do get your point that it is out of order in the, yeah. In like it would have played better in the in the show. Yeah, just a little later. Later. Yeah. Because then then enough. yeah, then he's been built up and then it crashes. Yeah, where you go, oh maybe Ordy can can fulfill this dream. Maybe this is the thing he can do, mm-hmm. and then you don't have. And then doesn't happen. Yeah, because um, I totally get, you know, thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe this time, but yeah. And and of course the lashing out because again, sixteen-year-old uh, boys are dumb. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dumb. amend that to say boys are dumb. <laughs> boys are dumb. Especially sixteen-year-old ones, but yeah. in general. And do they ever really get better? They become Will Schuster, so. No, no, they did not. Mm-hmm. I did like but, that his um, imagined his imagined dream is to dance with all of his friends because they're all uh-huh. there. Everybody is there. Like Chris is there. Well, Kurt is there. Mercedes. Like everyone shows up in his little his dance break, and I I like that. I just I you like that, and then comparing it to Rachel's various dreams occasional vision breaks or you know i'm comparing it to like 
about her or the three the three guys like fighting over her. Mm-hmm. Yep. I so um, we... I appreciate I say I appreciate that um, Kevin McHale is a good enough dancer that Glee comes up with reasons to give Kevin a you know various dance mm-hmm. songs in a, in like once a season. So it's kind of what I was about to mention, like, how do we feel about the fact that their portrayal of disability kind of, I don't think hinged on it, since I, I don't know if they actually auditioned any disabled people for the role of Artie, but right. they wanted, I'm assuming, a able-bodied actor so they could have fantasy scenes where he's no longer disabled yeah it definitely casts a tone that uh he can just get up and have a a fantasy moment where his like so fantasies by their nature are meant to be a better version right like you never you never fantasize about a shittier life or worse things, or or having less, um, and all the negative things that get no, described. No, my therapist, my therapist calls those anxieties and right. attacks. That's yeah. what we. That's, those are the things we're anxious about, and then we get on the train and we cry a little bit. Uh, it yeah, is as you do. It, it is kind of a problem that Artie's fantasies are him out of the chair, and I I get it. But also, it it does send a, a specific message to people who who are representative, right? Yeah. Viewers mm-hmm. viewers who have a similar disability or any disability or any differently abledness are watching. I, I mean, I can't speak for that, but it would seem to me that if you're watching a character that looks something like you, which you don't often get to see that person's fantasy and like the exhalation of he's out of the chairs, like the great thing for him would, yeah. would feel kind of shitty. It's like, Oh, the deaf character is better now that he can hear it's, you know. And I mean, I would, I would love to like have a disabled person yes. like on the podcast to actually give perspective on that, that we don't have. Yeah, exactly. Cause all we can do is assume or guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I don't, I don't know that they cast Artie with the intention of um, being able to have him do, you know, pieces where he's out of the chair. I feel like that's giving far too much um, <laughs> advanced-like yeah. characterization. Um, I also don't think they probably cast, you know, or, or you know, auditioned... Um, people that are you know uh, disabled in the um in the role either i don't necessarily think they really thought all that all the way through so much as they cast various people went with went with um because didn't didn't chris also go out for Artie? so clearly yeah. two two people yeah. make a the entire sample um so much as they auditioned people you know went with kevin he also has these abilities to dance, let's figure out a way to use them. Um, and I feel like that's that's probably it's literally let's fly by the seat of our pants and make this up as we go. Is, is kind of how they get, how they do things. 
But um, I do agree that the portrayal of his fantasy as being. So, okay. Because the the thing that I, I, the, the thing that I come up against is that it's not necessarily just walking here. It's dancing. Right. And wanting to be a dancer. And does that make it different? Again, I. I, I don't know that I, I have the knowledge or the ability to make that call or make that choice, you know, but I, I wonder if it's like, yes, I agree. The fantasy of saying, oh, you know, the, him being uh, bound in a wheelchair and his fantasy being able to walk and being shown that time and again is, is problematic for, you know, in its representation, but does it change slightly if it's not him saying, I just want to be able to walk and it's being, I want to be, I want to dance. Uh, again, again, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't just, know. I don't, I don't. I, I mean, I guess, I guess the argument is you can dance in wheelchairs because we've seen him do it. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe, and maybe that's the, the point is just like, you don't need legs to dance. So. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I I have no answer to that so much as I mean, it's, it is part of a larger question about uh, able-bodied actors playing disabled uh-huh. characters. And I was just thinking about how in the, the Glee tour, he's still in the chair, right? Uh-huh. Like during the Glee tour, because they're in some ways playing their characters. Yeah, yeah. He's still performing in the chair, even though it's a concert. Well, yeah, because it's not—it's not, it's not uh, like Leah and Chris and yeah. and Kevin going to sing the songs from the show. It's Rachel and Artie and yeah. Hertz and yeah. It's just—it just all bleeds into a big like. Should they have hired him? Did they audition anyone who wasn't able-bodied? Did they even think about it? Did it occur to them? I don't, I don't know. But I realize this, yeah. I, this might be going slightly, slightly in a tangent, but I think, um, I think this again, part of the larger conversation, absolutely. But I do think it's something worth noting that as much as I think this is something that we're familiar with. And a lot of people in fandom and Tumblr, I'm going to go on a limb to say we're all very familiar with the whole, you know, you should you should cast, um, you know, disabled people into like the roles for them. Mm-hmm. You should cast trans people in roles, you know, trans women for trans roles, and um, you should cast gay actors in gay roles. And um, I still don't feel that completely come into the the general audience i think it's beginning to at least with like the trans and the and the the gay roles but there's like there's so many of these of these things that i think a lot of us have talked about and um had a lot of a lot of conversation and almost like tumblr is sort of like a um Ah, it's it's just like a feedback loop that we are all most yeah. of us are in our own little circles that we all agree and understand on most of these things that kind of I I was talking with a coworker about something similar to this 
and the idea of casting somebody, of basically casting somebody in a wheelchair for a role for somebody in a wheelchair was sort of like, well, well but why? I mean, like, it's mm-hmm. asking. And it's like, yes, but, like, somebody in a wheelchair cannot have a, have certain roles because they're just not going to have the same opportunities. People aren't going yeah. to, you know, do that, give them those, those, cha- those chances and make those choices. So why would you take one away? And it's just, I don't know that that's something that's come up as much in, in the larger conversation and something we should all, we should all push and, and talk about more. It is. It is something. Yes, indeed. All I, that's all I have right there on that. <laughs> <laughs> other than, other than if some, if somebody has as personal experience with us, uh, always would love to have you on the podcast and have your insights and thoughts. Cause we don't know. <laughs> yep. It, and they do try to make up for it a little bit in later seasons with um, that one girl whose name I'm absolutely mm-hmm. blanking on. Um, yeah. From Spring Awakening, but you know. And I, so yeah, I, I will say I do think they do. Yeah, you're right. They do make strides. They do do as much as I dislike a lot of things. I think they're they're casting for the most part. They do try to do well with it. They do make some thinking of other things that they do terribly with casting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, jumping off of the the lovely uh, you know bit on on Artie and Tina and Artie's song and Artie's dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say we had like six songs this episode. This episode. Oh, I take that back. Seven. We did. Just a lot of songs. There's a lot, lot of, songs. of songs. Now, uh, I need to know, do you guys, what is your favorite? I like I Dreamed a Dream, and that's notwithstanding what's happened to it in the last year. So I, I like it. I think it sounds really good. I think it makes an interesting sort of sense for those two characters to sing that song to each other. You know, and it, I, uh-huh. I like, I think I Dreamed a Dream is the one, because I don't, I don't really consider Safety Dance, uh, I consider that a dance number almost, right? Like, the song uh-huh. Safety Dance is not that important, it's the, the dance that happens with it, and like the flash mob, um, and, you know, fuck Brian Ryan, so like. Yeah, I think mine was uh, Dream a Little Dream. Mm. It's a good I one. actually like that a lot. Um, I I loved um, Safety Dance, and I, I agree it's more of a it's more of a dance song. But I love those. I don't mm. feel like we get enough of them, so I enjoy being That's able true. to see people dancing. So like, I will agree with you. It's not it's not a sing singing song, but and it's not that important in in that sense. But I still loved it. Yeah. Um, I will say, side note, sidebar, bit of trivia. Um, Harry Shum learned to tap two days before needing to do so for this episode. Listen, I hate that guy. What is talent like? What is it like? I don't, I don't fucking know. Like? Yeah, I wonder what it's like just to have a skill that's that that innate and that easy to just, you know what? I'm going to learn to tap dance tomorrow. Oh, and cool. I'll oh, I need to tap. I need a tap dance for this, for this, for this number. Okay. Yeah. I'll learn it. I can do that. That's fine. What the fuck is that like? 
I Harry Shum continues to be one of my favorite favorite people. Yeah. Just, I I love. Yes, I'm. I'm not going to say I'm the head of the Harry Shum uh, Junior Fan Club because uh, obviously Kevin McHale. But if you know, it's like like a side project, the Kevin McHale Fan Club. It's it's uh, like the the sidebar of the Harry Shum Junior Fan Club. Got it. Um, I also want to, um, while I'm taking a moment to to throw out some trivia, um, apparently Joss Whedon, who mm-hmm. directed this episode, big fan of Britney. Uh, Which, that doesn't surprise me in a gross. I was gonna say honestly, it surprises nobody. Mm, he likes the female character that doesn't have much of a brain and is used for the butt of sexual innuendo. Cool, Joss. Cool. Mhm, mhm. Nobody is surprised. Also, um, the uh, in the in the bar. Uh, that with with Will and uh, with Will and Brian, um, Dreamweaver, playing in the background. It's a good song. Yeah, and I well not that um, was it. No, that was that was playing in the background. Sorry. And then there was another part where they where the un, the unreleased Daydream Believer, sung oh, by yeah. Brian Ryan. They had every fucking That's, song because Big Spender is also in another episode. Yeah. So yeah. like every song so, in this episode gets reused. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's because it's like well we already bought the rights to this song. Yeah, maybe like let's just do it again, do it again, take two. Which at least with the Billy Joel Piano Man, I was like that was in a Billy Joel episode, but the other ones. Yeah, they just. Although, Big Spender isn't that sung by Sugar? Uh yeah. So is it really a tragically sung? underused? <laughs> tragically underused character. Yeah. But that uh, that seems like a song for anyway. But yes, they did end up reusing them. So. Um, I also wrote down Dreamweaver because I just really like that song. But no, I was I was confusing that with Daydream Believer, which again reused by other people. Yeah, it's a lot of reusing so, happening. Not reusing. Um, who do you guys think won the Dream On battle? All right, listen. Um, I don't want to say this, and I hate that I have to say it. I prefer Maddie Fresh as a singer to um, the other one. <laughs> Neil Patrick I, Harris? Neil Patrick the Harris. I hate this about myself, but for my ears and the way they take in sound waves and bounce them around my skull, I prefer Maddie Fresh's singing voice to Neil Patrick Harris. And I don't need any of you to tell me I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong and I can't help it. We will we will send you um, some pamphlets to help with your <laughs> rehabilitation. Thank you, thank you. No problem, Mandy. I don't know. I mean, I I can't bring myself to to quite the level that Emily just hit. I can't. Listen, say. I'm an open book right now. <laughs> Ask me anything. I'm open. Uh, I don't. I'm know. wide open. I'm, I think I'd just call it a draw. <laughs> Lose across the field. How about you? Everybody, everybody, Mav? everybody loses. I obviously everybody loses. Brian, Will, the people in the bar. <laughs> we all lose. Yeah. People watching. We all lose. Listen, sometimes <laughs> singing in a bar isn't the best thing you can do on your night. I mean, I I I have shady <laughs> comments I'd like to throw to that, but I'm just gonna 
Oh, was mine not mine not shady enough? Clearly, you got to step up the shade game. Do I need to say it louder? <laughs> Listen, Apparently piano so. man, it doesn't always work out, does it? That's well done. Well fucking played. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you. We still haven't got to the point where we still haven't got to the point where we'll actually be playing it in the correct way, though. (laughs) Haven't quite hit that rock bottom for the for the the smoky voice and whiskey. Nope. Anyway. Next year. So (laughs) it's a matter of time. Matter of time. Uh, So uh, we did favorite song. Did you guys have a uh, you guys have a favorite quote from? from the episode at all? Anything that stuck out to you guys? I can't uh, actually think of any specific lines that stood out in this episode. I have two, and they are basically the same quote, because there was a lot of repeating happened here. But it was Brian Brian saying to the Glee Club, his dream didn't work out, and neither will yours. Oh. <laughs> it's just It's so... It was said with such disdain. Can I just take a quick sidebar to say how Brian Ryan was was talking to these kids about their dreams was the incorrect way to do it. But I also kind of want to be like, you know, maybe because I'm now an old, I also just want to be like, it doesn't. I know. Y'all's dreams of being like a, a star, it does not really fucking work. Doesn't matter. Just statistically, not going to happen. You need to get a job. You need to be able to pay your rent. Benny just really wanted everybody to be able to fucking live, okay? I think about this when I see, like, young hopefuls around NYU. Like, aw, you think there's something worth living for. I mean, the realistic approach would have been for him to ask everyone in the class what tax bracket their parents fall into. (laughs) And then be like, yep. great, you, 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 and you, you're going to succeed. The rest yeah. of you, you know, Starbucks you're applications. Screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Walmart. Like, who, here, who here has an uncle that works in Hollywood and or on Broadway? Cool. Yeah. You might have a chance. Everybody yeah. else? The rest Starbucks, of you let's fucked. go. <laughs> who here doesn't have any student loan debt? Oh, all of you? Cool. Yeah. 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 So, I yeah, saying, what are the Miata student loan payments like? That's a good question. <laughs> oh. That's going to piss me off when we get to those. That's a whole rant I'm going to save up. It's what the pay structure is like for that fucking school. Just go ahead and start working on it now. We I can like have the entire like episode is just like one long monologue. It's, it's just like me. a four-hour rant <laughs> on uh, this, this, this college is is a terrible idea, and why are you parents letting your children do this? Tuition's 45 grand a year. They don't offer any stipends or anything. You're taking out loans on an 8% interest rate. You're paying them back. You can't make your payments after. For for jobs that are going to entry-level pay what? Zero. Not even jobs. Yeah, internships. Internships. For for those internships. You're going to be working in a costume in the middle of Times Square. Any of you listeners are not graduated from college and an old, you must find us very bitter. Look what you have to look forward to. Get out now. All right, so I don't really have any particular quotes. Just wanted to see if anybody else said, I like Emily's. I'm going to steal hers. So that yeah. one. Um, 
see. There was another thing I wanted to go over here. We went over songs and everything. Do, do, do. Ah, the Kevin McHale. On a scale of how many? Oh. Uh, one to five. How many Kevins? I mean, solid Kevin rating this time. Yeah, that's a solid, like a four. He gets yeah. a storyline. He gets a song. He dances. Not that dancing equates to a better score but it's you know it equates to more screen time yeah. oh and he also gets he gets uh two songs he gets the um the one that mandy likes i am um, i will be completely transparent to say kevin McHale dancing does raise the score for me because <laughs> i enjoy him dancing so yes, yes dancing it, does equate to a better score <laughs> it doesn't innately it's just that we like him I also want to go ahead and like say I think we we clarified this once already, but like we may disagree with things Artie does in the show, but it's not going to hinder mm-hmm. our appreciation for Kevin's yeah. screen time. Yes, like yes. We, we are not going to be blind Artie stands here. Yeah, yeah, mostly not. <laughs> mostly not. I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll we, call we, him out when he's being a dick because he does have some scenes where he's a dick. But yeah, yeah, but Kevin still deserves nice things. He does. And he seems to be getting them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yay, Kevin. Listen, I'm going to make bad decisions in later seasons, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like, we we just, we, we really need to stand some guy who's come out and done really well for himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we're proud are of. limited right now, and uh, Kevin's not disappointing us. Yeah, options are spared. Also, but we have- also a legit option, Harry Shum Jr. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that is another one. That I, I mean, say yes. he did star in a Cassandra Clare property. That is a, that is a point. But yeah. like, does he know about it? I'm gonna get, see. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt to just be like, he probably didn't know. I mean, even and... if he did, I feel like that paycheck, that network yeah, TV exactly. probably that would've... network money. Exactly, and and wasn't it on the CW? You've got to you've got to you've got to forgive anybody that takes a CW paycheck because they're like they look you look at Supernatural and you're like shit they never cancel anything I'm staying <laughs> I'm taking this I will always have a job yeah I'm sure he wishes that <sighs> yeah he'll be fine I, I yeah 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 oh yeah he will be. So yes, I'd say on a on a on a Kevin scale, I agree with the four. So here's a question though. So we're rating, okay. I guess now out of five. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were always. I thought we always were rating out of five. Did I change it? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Thinking thinking ahead. Is there a like we don't have to talk specifics, but like is there a better Kevin episode, or is this the five and we have to grade on the curve? I feel like there's a better one. Is there one? Is there a better Kevin I, episode? I think there is. I, one is coming to my mind. Michael Jackson? Wanna... Okay. No, so I don't have I don't have a specific episode I'm thinking about. So much as scenes that I'm thinking about. And now okay. I don't know what episodes they're in. So maybe the, the rest of the episode is shit. So... I was thinking of the Christmas one. Ah, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Because uh-huh. I don't want to cap us out and suddenly we'll never get a five. But if we think yeah. there's going to be another episode. 
we could maybe go like 4.5 on this one just for like content screen time. Sure. But because mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there's another episode where he gets like as much screen time, but I feel like there are better episodes for him. Yeah. Okay. So we'll say like a four and then it gets a 0.5 bonus bump for the amount of screen time. Yeah. Or 0.5 for the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That counts. Right. That works. Point 0.5 right. and the 0.5 is just like viewer's choice. Yeah. Whatever you feel like he deserves half an extra For whatever reason. For. Just, you know. Exactly. For funsy. Really? Because he gets an extra 0.5 because he's Kevin. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we briefly discussed Will's, again, his trajectory down. Oh, you know what? Rivalry. Oh, wait. I have I have a Will Schuster complaint that we glossed over. God damn it! Bring that up. No, and then we can end this on uh, anger. When Will, thank God, (laughs) can't have happiness. When Will is talking to Brian Ryan in the bar, he said that when he got out of his terrible marriage, was like, "I'm sorry, fuck you. You were the terrible partner in that marriage." The like how. How dare you put all of that on Terry? How dare you just be like, it was a terrible marriage, as if he wasn't falling in love with somebody else at the same time and spending their money on a car and living his high school dreams and all of the things that we talked about over the last 18 episodes. And thinking she was pregnant and still choosing to not financially support support his family. So, also, I call, I call shenanigans to anybody that says, um, I, you know, terrible marriage. I'm like, you know, and puts it on the other person. It's like, you're like half of that. Yeah. Yeah. So half of that terrible marriage is you, buddy. Let's not think about this. Oh, anyway. God damn it. I'm glad we could end on this. This feels very, Just, right, this, right, this indignation feels I fabulous. remembered that and I was like, god damn, I can't let this go. No, no. Good. Good. We cannot let can not let him get away with it. Uh, okay, so with that, any other comments? Complaints about Shu? No. Haikus on Kevin's awesome? Uh, no, but maybe the Have haiku it? Tumblr can come up with one. That would be great. Uh, haiku Tumblr, please. Please haiku. Um, I, how would it be right. funny if that was a haiku, though? Haiku Tumblr. No, it's still before. <laughs> All right, so we've we've clearly we've discussed how terrible uh, uh, Will Schuster continues to be uh, compl- with his complaints and his backsliding into high school rivalries that he never outgrows. Um, how some of us are kind of meh on Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris in general, and uh, how Jesse and Rachel are still OTP five ever for us, um, despite anything that we're pretty sure Adina and Rachel are totally actually legitimately related. Hashtag Glee is not a documentary. And, uh, and that this was like the best episode for Artie, even if Artie was kind of a dick, it still was a really good episode for Artie. And we got dancing. Yeah, we got a... Anything I, for... <laughs> yeah. Anything I forgot? I was going to say we had a dancing queen, but that didn't feel right. Uh, I feel like that's a later episode. That's later. <laughs> Uh, no, I think right. I think we're good here. Fabulous. I think uh, I think with that, uh, it's hard for us to say that's what you missed on Glee. Mm-hmm.
Get a whole new perspective on Ram 1500 and Ram Heavy Duty. Motor Trend's back-to-back truck of the year at the Ram Start Something New sales event. Now during Owner Appreciation Month, financing at $11,250 in total values on the 2019 Ram 1500 Classic Bighorn Crew Cab. Hurry in for great deals during the Ram Start Something New sales event. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Package values based on combined value of package items. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 2-3-2020. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car. <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance. And we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.